Delaware River Basin, and beyond. DamascusCitizens.org Farming Country is coming up next. That is the uh, intro, but I'm interrupting right now just real quick to let you know we met our challenge. So thank you so much. It was just on the phone and Anonymous has helped us meet that challenge. So that 250 is now going to go to 500. So we put that on the tally and uh, we just have a little bit more to raise so that by the end of the day, we will be wrapped up and uh, ready to end this fun drive. So you could still support. Call 845-482-4141. Live from NPR News, I'm Barbara Klein. In Afghanistan, Taliban militants are advancing on Kabul, battling government forces about seven miles south of the capital. At the same time, NPR's Franco Ordonez reports U.S. forces are arriving at the airport there to evacuate embassy staff and other civilians. As Taliban forces continue to take control over more territory, there is increasing concern of the government in Kabul collapsing. Biden made the order to send 3,000 U.S. troops back into Afghanistan this weekend to help evacuate most of the American embassy and Afghan civilians who supported the U.S. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby told reporters it's clear that the Taliban is applying the same tactics it used to take control of other provincial capitals now on Kabul. If you just look at what the Taliban's been doing, you can see that they are trying to isolate Kabul. President Biden has yet to comment on the new deployment of troops. Franco Ordonez, NPR News, Washington. Haiti has been struck by a magnitude 7.2 earthquake. The U.S. Geological Survey says high casualties are probable and the effects are likely widespread and that past events at this alert level required a broad response. Coronavirus infections continue to resurge across the country. The CDC reports more than 141,000 new cases just yesterday. The vast majority are unvaccinated. Western Colorado's hard-hit Mesa County is now requiring all hospital workers to get vaccinated. Colorado Public Radio's Stina Sieg reports so far the vaccination rate in the rural area is relatively low. Before the vaccine requirement was announced, Mesa County hospitals tried other tactics to encourage workers to get their shots, says Dr. Thomas Tobin. He's the chief medical officer for Grand Junction's community hospital. We wanted to try education, giving people time to kind of adjust, and I think that we got some return on that investment, and I think this is just the next step in that investment in getting our community safe. Less than half of Mesa County residents have had even one shot. Infections have been high, and the Delta variant emerged here earlier than the rest of the state, prompting a CDC investigation. For NPR News, I'm Stina Sieg in Grand Junction, Colorado. In Northern California, fire crews are trying to once again regain the upper hand on the massive Dixie fire. But Public Information Officer Edwin Zuniga says heat and gusty winds are again setting them back. About a week and a half ago, we were on the downside of this fire, and then the fire just decided to blow up with the red flag warning event that we went into. 
The Dixie Fire has scorched nearly 538,000 acres and is 31% contained. This is NPR. The Venezuelan government and the country's opposition leaders have officially restarted negotiations. They're meeting in Mexico City in an initial attempt to resolve Venezuela's bitter political crisis that erupted in 2019. Reporter James Frederick is in Mexico City. Millions of Venezuelans have fled poverty and persecution in recent years. These new talks hope to find a peaceful solution between the repressive government of Nicolás Maduro and the opposition, led by Juan Guaidó, who declared himself the rightful president of Venezuela in 2019. Maduro and Guaidó have both sent delegates to negotiate for them. Norwegian officials are leading the talks, and more than a dozen other countries plan to participate. The objectives are clear. The opposition wants guarantees of free and fair elections, humanitarian aid, and the release of political prisoners. The government wants economic sanctions from the U.S. and the European Union to be lifted. The sides will begin negotiating a seven-point plan on August 30th. For NPR News, I'm James Frederick in Mexico City. Grammy-winning folk and country singer-songwriter Nancy Griffith has died. Nancy Griffith was known for recordings that include Late Night Grand Hotel. Her songs were covered by many other luminaries. Griffith was 68. I'm Barbara Klein, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Kresge Foundation, expanding opportunities in America's cities through grant-making and social investing. More at kresge.org and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation at macfound.org. Support comes from Van Gorder's Furniture, featuring Lodge and Adirondack styles as well as rustic collections, with showrooms at Lake Wall and Poppock, downtown Honesdale, and Milford, PA. Van Gorder's Furniture brings the outdoors inside. VanGorders.com. Star for Radio Catskill. Welcome to Farm and Country, locally produced radio about rural life in the Catskills and the Delaware River Valley. On today's show, Radio Catskill staff and volunteers offer you summer fun with an opportunity to participate in our pledge drive. Familiar Farm and Country teammates have produced audio segments with you in mind. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of Farm and Country here on Radio Catskill.
challenge for the day this morning during the news, but we still have more to go to raise to end the drive. Call us, 845-482-4141. Try to raise $5,000 today, and we have 4400 to go to end the drive. So call 845-482-4141 or wjffradio.org. What part can you play in helping whittle that down? 25, 50, 100, whatever you can do. Support public radio for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. Support Farm and Country with Rosie and the team. 845-482-4141 or wjffradio.org. Country, I'm Keith Hubbard, and this is Star Talk. One of the more prominent star patterns in the summer is the asterism known as the Summer Triangle. This asterism is made of three bright stars and three different constellations. The Summer Triangle is even visible on moonlit nights or from the light-polluted skies of a city. The three stars of the Summer Triangle are the brightest stars in the constellations Cygnus the Swan, Lyra the Harp, and Achilla the Eagle. The stars in the constellations that make up the Summer Triangle are Deneb, Vega, and Altair. Together, these stars form a large isosceles triangle that is very conspicuous in the sky. The triangle is angled downward, with Altair at the apex. Deneb and Vega form the base of the triangle, with Deneb situated lower in the sky than Vega. Deneb is one of the furthest stars that we can see with our naked eye. It is more than 1,400 light-years away from Earth. Vega is a brilliant blue-white star, and it is the fifth brightest star in the night sky. Altair is one of our closest stellar neighbors at 16.8 light-years away. Currently, the Summer Triangle is high in the eastern sky at sunset and will remain in the sky all night. The Summer Triangle will be in the sky until early November. Look for this geometric pattern in the sky on these summer nights. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future Star Talk segments, my email address is startalk at farmandcountry.org. For Farm and Country and Star Talk, this has been Keith Hubbard reminding you to keep looking up. Radio Catskill, this is Alex and Matthew Hostia out of Cooks Falls with your outdoor report. Good morning. We are reaching the end of summer here, and that means we have a lot of opportunities to get outside and enjoy everything the Catskill region has to offer. All those summer projects are done, the yard's looking good, and everything's cleaned up around the house, so it's time to get out and enjoy some of the trails that are present in the Catskills and Delaware River region. This is a great time of year to get out and do some hiking. 
the multitude of trails in the area offer everything from beginner hikes to the most advanced hiking in New York State. When you choose a hike, the most important thing to do is know your limits and know what you're capable of. If you don't hike much, trying to do the devil's path is probably not a good idea. Pick something you're comfortable with and read reports and see what trail conditions are like. A great place to go and get an idea for where to hike is the New York, New Jersey Trail Conference website. This is a very useful website when determining where you want to go hike. If you're looking for somewhere new, this website lists all the trails in New York and northern New Jersey. You can filter on this website length of hike, difficulty of hike, and if you want to do something overnight or just a one day. Some good hikes in the area, right outside of Roscoe, New York, there's the Mud Pond Trail, which is in the Cherry Ridge Wild Forest. This trail starts with a scenic view of a waterfall and continues up an old logging road to Mud Pond. This area passes through a nice plantation of Norway spruce and opens up to a great view of Mud Pond. If you continue going on the trail, you will eventually reach Trout Pond, another very common hiking trail used in this region of the Catskills. If you're looking for something a little more challenging, consider going up into the northeastern part of the Catskills and hiking Slide Mountain. This is the tallest mountain in the Catskill region and offers incredible views of the surrounding area. This one is a little bit longer and a little bit more intense, so if you're new to hiking, this may not be the one to start with. As always, when doing any outdoor activity, safety is most important. This time of year, you will often run into a lot of biting insects and ticks. So before you go out into the woods, make sure to either spray yourself with bug spray that contains DEET or use permethrin to treat your clothes. An important note with permethrin is it cannot be applied to skin and you must let it dry on your clothes before you wear them. Permethrin is a long-lasting insect repellent and can be washed several times before needing to be reapplied. This time of year can also be very hot, so make sure you bring enough water with you when you hike. One plastic water bottle probably is not enough water to last you through a, even a short hike to take a drink, even if you're not thirsty. Granola bars are great trail snacks as well as trail mix that you can customize however you want. Chocolate and peanuts are a staple in trail mix, but you can also add whatever dried fruit and other mixed nuts you would like. Before you depart on any hike, make sure you tell someone where you're going, when you expect to be back, and how long you expect to be out. Make sure that they know if they don't hear from you at your specified time that they should probably begin to think about alerting authorities and that you may need assistance. It is never a bad idea to carry a small first aid kit with you when you're hiking. Simple things such as band-aids, antiseptic cream, and some gauze pads can go a long way if you hurt yourself out in the woods. Before you leave a trailhead, make sure to sign in at one of the DEC sign-in books. This will, if you do get lost, this will allow DEC officers to find you much quicker because they will know what trail you went on. Thank you, Alex, for that hiking report. Now I'm going to move over to the fishing report. So, as Alex stated, it is hot 
our lake temperatures and our water temperatures in most bodies of water are going to be approaching 70 degrees and possibly 80 degrees as we progress through the month of August. When it gets hot, the best way to beat the heat is to fish in the early mornings and late in the evenings. Fish, like people, make sure you take note of when fish start jumping in the water or when you see fish actively feeding. This will usually be in the early morning and in the evening. If you don't see much going on or if it's a hot day, you're probably not going to have great fishing as the day goes on. But once the evening comes, fishing should progress and you will be able to start catching fish. When you're fishing lakes, the best thing to look for is for shade, docks, large patches of weeds, whether it be lily pads or underwater weeds like grass or hydrilla. These are spots where fish will tend to stay to avoid the heat. Fish don't have eyelids, so they can't squint. So if you're fishing a lake that doesn't have a lot of shade, you're going to have to wait for the early morning or the late evening to really get on that bite. Fish don't like to feed in the heat. It stresses them out and they tend to avoid the sun. Now, if you're not fishing a lake and you're fishing a river, you need to really watch your water temperatures, especially if you're targeting fish species like trout or other cold water fish. If it gets too hot and you've stressed these fish out too much, they will not survive, especially if you're a catch and release fisherman. If you plan on keeping fish, you can still target these species, but if you are catch and release, make sure you check your water temperatures and make sure that you're fishing in the mornings and the evenings when water is most cool throughout the day. Lures to use this time of year, fishing in lakes. I personally like to, in the evening, fish topwater lures, whether it's poppers or frogs, along docks or structure like fallen trees or weed edges where these fish tend to stay during the day. As the night approaches, these fish will move out of these areas and start exploring the lake looking for food. If you can find these spots, it's best to fish them heavily as multiple fish will probably be in that single area seeking refuge from the heat. If you're fishing deeper water during the day, you can target these areas as fish in deeper water don't get as much sunlight, so the water will tend to stay cooler. Look for deep water ridges, whether it's big drop-offs from, say, shallow water, like 5 feet, to deeper water, like 10 to 20 feet. These areas will hold fish that cruise the perimeter of the lake looking for food. Different fish tend to be in different areas this time of year. If you just want to go out on the lake, whether it's at a lake house that you're staying with friends or if you have a place to go to that's your secret spot, you can always fish for panfish and other warm water fish just simply by going off the dock and casting a bobber with some bait. If you're targeting bigger species, it might be beneficial, like I said earlier, to wait for later in the day because that's when these fish are going to move out of their hiding spots that they use to avoid sunlight and you can target these fish a little easier. If you can't find fish, they're there, you probably just have to wait. The best days I've noticed in August through the rest of the fall are usually cooler rainy days when fish can move around all day and feed when there's not a lot of sun. If the water is dark or dirty, which will also happen as the water warms, it's better to fish baits that are darker in color and not brighter. Bright colors tend to not show up in dark water or muddy water, whereas dark blue or black lures will show up better as they have a bigger presentation and a bigger size. They cast a bigger shadow in the water as well. If you're fishing rivers, 
Again, check your water temperatures, but you can also always target warm water species in rivers as well, like walleye or smallmouth bass. These fish will f feed better on cloudier days, and if it is sunny, make sure to get out there early in the morning. I like to fish topwater lures, spinners, small spoons, or soft plastic baits like swimming flukes or minnow baits. I look for current edges in rivers, so places behind rocks or where fish are going to be hiding. Um, so same thing as in lakes, shadows, overcut banks, fallen trees, and structure. So if you're out on the water, remember to bring bug spray or something to cover your arms or legs as bugs will probably be bad. It's warm. They're going to be out, especially in the evening. For Radio Catskill, this is Alex and Matt Hostia out of Cooks Falls with your outdoor report. This is Radio Catskill volunteer Rosie Starr, producer of Farm and Country. There's so much to love about summer, like hearing the stories of a six-year-old girl after she proudly caught and released a bass fish bigger than the one her dad or older brother caught, or going for a swim in a spring-fed pond with a girlfriend who has a summer birthday close to yours. And then there's summer sweet buttered corn on an August night shared with someone you love, or canning tomatoes and peaches to remember summer love. Share your love for Radio Catskill by calling 845-482-4141 now with your financial contribution, or go online to wjffradio.org and click the Donate button to make a secure pledge to support public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. For Farm and Country, this is Laura Silverman of gluttonforlife.com bringing you What's Cooking? The dog days are upon us. Have you ever wondered where that expression comes from? The ancient Romans associated hot weather with the days when the star Sirius rose at the same time as the sun. Sirius is known as the dog star because it's the brightest star in the constellation Canis Major, which means large dog. The sultry heat of the dog days has been held responsible for everything from wine turning sour to men going mad. The cucumbers have been going strong for weeks and I'm grateful for the bounty. Originally from Southern Asia, cucumbers, part of the gourd family, are now cultivated practically everywhere. Technically a fruit, they're most often eaten as a vegetable in savory preparations. Nearly 40 different varieties, including many heirlooms, from long, ridged, and thin-skinned Armenians to round golden lemons to the classic national pickling cucumber, a kind of Kirby with an excellent crunchy texture and a sweet, mild flavor. We grow these every summer, and I use them to make dill pickles the old-fashioned way, fermenting them in a crock with salt, fresh dill, and garlic, and allowing them to sit at room temperature until they acquire the perfect sour flavor. Bread and butter pickles are another favorite. They're lightly sweet with a subtle kick from red chili and a beautiful golden hue from turmeric. Because I'm always looking for ways to cook healthier without sacrificing taste, my recipe calls for rapadura sugar. This is an unrefined, dehydrated cane juice that retains all of the natural molasses, so it imparts a nice depth of flavor. 
These pickles are truly addictive and enhance everything from a grilled cheese sandwich to potato salad. They're absolutely essential with pulled pork. Because of their watery crispness, cucumbers are also delicious raw, simply sprinkled with salt and eaten out of hand. Sliced with tomatoes and sweet onions for a salad. Try this with a curry vinaigrette. Blend it into a chilled soup that's made creamy with avocado or some nice full-fat buttermilk. Diced and stirred into thick yogurt for raita as a cool accompaniment to spicy Indian food. And in a rare dessert appearance as a delicately sweet sorbet or granita. I also love cucumber muddled with mint and a little sugar, then shaken with rum, lime juice, and lots of ice for a fresh take on the mojito. And all day long, I like to sip water infused with slices of cucumber and lemon. So refreshing. But when there's a nip in the air, or just for a change of pace, cucumbers can be roasted, braised, and even grilled. Their crunch softens, but they remain quite juicy and delicious. The first time I tried cooking them was inspired by my mother's original edition of Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Fancy as it may sound, her recipe for roasted cucumbers calls for just a few simple ingredients. Cucumbers, vinegar, butter, and herbs. In my variation on this, I substitute lemon juice for the vinegar and use plenty of fresh mint. The peeled, halved, and seeded cucumbers roast in the oven for about an hour and emerge golden brown and crisp tender. They're delicious alongside a piece of fish or some seared scallops. Mild but not insipid and always unexpected. And isn't that more than you bargain for from the simple cucumber? For Farm and Country, this is Laura Silverman and this has been What's Cooking? The show about eating life up. The OutsideInstitute.org is Laura Silverman's webpage that has all her current activity. Support for Farm and Country comes from Damascus Citizens for Sustainability, a community-supported, science-based nonprofit taking legal actions, providing tools for action, and raising awareness of fracking damage since 2008, proactively protecting public health in the Delaware River Basin and beyond. DamascusCitizens.org Support for Radio Catskill comes from Two Queens, offering coffee, tea, and bees. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. TwoQueensCoffee.com And from listeners like you. If you're feeling the love, share the love. If you're feeling the love, share the love. Think about why you love having Radio Catskill. Then, if you can give a gift of $10, $15, $20 a month or more, become a sound supporter so that we can have your constant support. Become a sound supporter. If you're feeling the love, share the love. Go to WJFFradio.org so that we have your constant support. Yes, and we are uh, sharing the love and showing the love today with our friend Donna Fillenberg, who's here for a special live version of Catskill Character. Hi, Donna. How are hey, you? Hey, Tim. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to be here. 
Happy it's the last day of the f- summer of love. Yeah. Fun drive. It's the last day. We need your support to help us get past the finish line. We're almost there. We have So close. So close. Um, we had a $5,000 goal for the day. We're at 4400 as of uh, 1130 today, uh, 1128. Wow. Uh, so 4400 to go. So we can get there by the end of the day. Oh, 4400 to go. To go. Sorry. Yes. yes I should have yes. qualified Let's clarify. <laughs> 4,400 to go, people. And if you haven't donated yet, this is your time. This is your moment. This is you. All about you. You can be the Catskill character that delivers on this uh, fun yeah, drive. Yeah, baby. <laughs> we heard from anonymous two anonymous today uh, to uh, help us meet a challenge that we had. So that got us going and an online donation as well. So we just need to hear from you at 845-482-4141 or you can donate by going online wjffradio.org and sharing the love and showing the love. Share that love. You know, it doesn't matter how much how much no. you want to donate. We we take it all. Oh yeah. We are not proud. <laughs> <laughs> not too proud to beg. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, just any amount will do whatever you can do. And if you've been waiting, today is the day. It's the last day of the drive. You know, some of you may have received that letter in the mail and it might still be sitting on the kitchen counter or or you're going to get to it, but yes. you don't even have to you know save the stamp money. Just call. Yeah, just call us or go online, wjffradio.org. Either way. 845-482-4141. I'm here. I'm going to answer the phone. I'd love to talk to you. You'll get to talk to Donna. And uh, Donna's here because, you know, one of the great things about FunDrive is that we get to do some interesting different things that we wouldn't normally do uh, during regular broadcasts. And this is a special live edition of Catskill Character. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you've had a live edition, well, for a while maybe. But well, a couple of weeks ago when we... <laughs> well, no, you and I, but you know, you're actually going to be talking to someone who's the oh, character. That's what I mean, oh, not just oh, me. Oh, you are so right. You are correct, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to...